Cheers to a great day and this ice-cold Corona. You know what would make this day even better? My grandma's carne asada. Or your grandma here with us, making carne asada. She does love a cold Corona. Throw in some dancing. Oh, we can watch the game. I'll drink to that. So a backyard concert with football, food, dancing, and Corona? And your grandma. Or we could keep it simple. Simple is good. Want a Corona? Thanks. Salud to the perfect day. Corona, la vida más fina. Get your Corona at ordercorona.com. Relax responsibly. Corona extra beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help raise your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hi, everybody. I'm Hallie Kiefer. And I'm Allison Leiby. And welcome to Ruin, the podcast where we ruin a horror movie just for you. I hate scary movies so, so much, but I also need her to tell me every single twist and plot line to every movie she's ever seen, which we used to do on Gchat, but now we do here. And I love the sound of my own voice. <laughs> Ooh. So here we are yeah, we with do. A, a modern classic. Yes. And we just had Allison watch the trailer of the movie we are doing this week, which is... Candyman, the 1992 version, as the new version has not been released yet. <laughs> this is true. Um, you already said it once, so let's cool it on saying the name of this movie. <laughs> um, well, I got some bad news. We're going to have 10 Boy. Candymans up in here. <laughs> Boy, are we going to say that word a lot, and I am already unhappy. That trailer was scary. Yeah, what are your, what's your first thoughts? Your okay, first my first thought ways? is I miss the guy who used to do VO for movie trailers. Like, that, like... You know where, like, that voice yeah. was all of them include, and I just haven't heard that voice and like until I watched this. Like, it's been years and years. Yeah, I, mean, I imagine that man also misses uh, that sweet, sweet income. It's super scary. The trailer really showed a lot, which I felt mm-hmm. I was not thrilled with uh, right. as someone who's trying not to watch this movie. <laughs> Though I understand that's not the purpose of a trailer. We're going to take a baseline scary of Allison, how scary do you find the idea of, well, there's a lot of scary elements in the film, but I'm going to yeah. start with, like, the idea of, like, an urban legend made real. Like, those are terrifying. Like, I mean, they're so scary for a reason, and, like, there's all the, like, I feel like this one had so much, fa- like, so much of the famous stuff where it's, like, a hook for a hand. Yes. And then also, like, saying its name and somebody appears. And then, obviously, there would seem to be a lot of... um Racial terror. <laughs> right, yeah. And then also, on top of everything else, bees. Bees. So many bees. Are bees, is it like bees or honey, make honey and like honey, like candy? Like, I don't know what the origin of it all is and what candy and bees have to do with it. I think you know. I think you're headed in the right direction. I don't like it. That's for sure. I don't like bees. So I feel like this is also a movie that I had not seen until adulthood. But I remember seeing the trailers or even the cover in the, the, you know, blockbuster. blockbuster. Not to date myself, but blockbuster. (laughs) R.I.P., but I, I remember being so terrified, like every part of this and yeah. the idea, much like Bloody Mary or other sort of um, spooky horror games you'd play as a child, the idea that you in your own little dumb house, in your own bathroom could conjure yeah. this immortal supernatural serial killer is very evocative. It's very, uh, even part of me is like, man, I, I, Look, I, can I say for sure he's not going to show up if I, when I say this over 10 times, you know? I think it's the confidence because they're like, I know it's an urban legend. Like, mm-hmm. th- that almost offsets the, like, right? Right. Like, element of it. So, 
Yeah. I was, uh, someone was tweeting and they, someone tweeted like, would you let your kids now have a Ouija board in your house? And everyone was tweeting saying, no, I wouldn't. And I'm like, that's silly. Like, I played Ouija board. Oh, 100%. Every weekend for 20 years, practically, we didn't have anything else to do. And lo- it all turned out okay. Yeah. But then there is an element where I'm like, boy, but boy, I would feel bad if I was the parent who let them right. play Ouija. And then all my kids get killed, you know, by Yeah, they by conjured a satanic demon. demon. Yeah. And you're like, ugh, that's on me. You know? Eggs on my face. Well, so we're gonna we're about to spoil the whole movie. So again, if you don't want to have it spoiled, what are you doing? Why'd you click on this? Yeah, that's a weird choice you Get made. Get out of here. Go say Candyman to yourself in the bathroom as punishment. Oh, we've already said it so many times. Oh, you have to say it in a mirror. And there's no mirror in front of me, so. Okay. I am looking at a black television screen that does oh have- Oh my God. Is, that is kind of reflective. It's a black mirror. Somebody write <laughs> that down. Oh my God. What if we made a whole Netflix series about it? Um, oh, I'm so okay. tired. I can't. So my question is, ahead of describing Candyman and and finding out what does happen, what are your predictions for the film? What do you think, generally, what is going to happen? I mean, he's going to be, everybody thinks he's fake and he's going to be real. A hundred percent, yes. It seems like he's only real to, like, one woman. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the murders are all happening. Yes. Uh, I want to say that I think, like, at the end that the curse is over. But okay, I can't great. say that for sure. Fabulous. Especially knowing that there's like the remake coming out and I'm like, is this actually just going to be the continuation? <laughs> like, I know it's not a sequel, but like part of right. me is like, can that happen because the door is open? And I will say there are two sequels. I One of them, he does go to New Orleans and then oh. I don't know where the other one takes place. But I will say that it's hard to get rid of Candyman. Oh, this one takes place in New York. This is in Chicago, oh, which Chicago. is really fun. I love a horror movie that takes place in it, or any movie really yeah. that takes place anywhere but New York and LA. Like yeah. I really appreciate it's it. It's really nice to see any other city. Yeah. And I also like when a horror movie doesn't take place in New York because I don't want to be walking around. Like <laughs> when I watched and Black Swan's not even a horror movie, but like watching Black Swan and then Absolutely. like walking home on the Upper West Side, like right by Lincoln Center, I was like, right. oh, cool. I'm going to get into some kind of like bizarre psychosexual violent experience with my coworker now. Like, <laughs> Also, the music is by Philip Glass, and I feel like when a when a horror movie has really great a really great score, it makes yeah. such a big difference. It one hundred percent does. As someone who's seen three, so you know. <laughs> so let us begin. We're about to ruin Candyman. Now, this is written and directed by Bernard Rose, and it's based on the Clive Barker story, The Forbidden. And Clyde Barker, uh, he also wrote the story that the Hellraiser series is based on, which we'll have to do Hellraiser. At some point. At some point, yes. And our main characters, we have Helen, who's played by Virginia Madsen. Um, That's who that was. Yes, okay. yeah, who I'm like, I kept looking at her, I'm like, I remember this I'm woman like, being in a ton of stuff, and yeah. I could not remember her name. And I was like, I know you're not Jillian Anderson, but you're almost Jillian she's Anderson. Blonde, she's blonde Jillian Anderson. She has a colleague uh, at the college where they are both grad students, Bernadette, and she's played by Casey Lemons, who is the director of Harriet, and is, has directed other films like Eve's Bayou. And then, of course, Candyman is played by Tony Todd. And let me just say, and I wish you could just watch, like, his entrances and exits. He is chewing every bit of scenery. Like, he is bored to play Candyman. Like, he's giving it 110%. It's so fun. (laughs) All right. So we open on a quote, which, again, I love. I love a quote. Set the stage. It's Candyman speaking aloud. And it says, oh, and it's over a bunch of swarms of bees. Swarms of bees. There's kind of an explosion of of bees over the Chicago skyline. It says, They will say that I have shed innocent blood. 
What's blood for, if not for shedding? With my hook for a hand, I'll split you from your groin to your gullet. Oh, God. Candyman. Okay, so we open on Helen, our, our, our main character. She's white. She's a grad student, and she's doing a thesis with her colleague Bernadette, who's black, on urban legends. And they are recording freshmen, like incoming freshmen, sort of like the urban legends and horror stories that they are familiar with and sort of believe to be true. And one of them, the first student that we see, tells them the story of Candyman. And, you know, tell the story like, oh, these two kids, two teenagers are about to fuck. And then they say Candyman and, and one of them gets murdered. And they're telling it like, well, this happened to my friend's roommate's dog's best friend's cousin. Right. And so I know it's true. But, uh, you know, that Helen is, uh, she she's a naysayer. She doesn't believe in any of it. And she has to have that position because, of course, she's going to find out. It's all very true. Of course. Also, it would be hard to be like a grad student studying those things and believing they were real. You would not do that. Right, yeah. I don't think you'd get very far in your career. Yeah, you'd be like, I have to become like a police officer or like a prosecutor. Like, I'm going to have to solve these crimes. Right, yeah. If you actually believe these things, just like if you actually believe believe in a Ouija board, I don't know how you get up in the morning. Like, you'd have to dedicate your life to eradicating Ouija boards or like killing ghosts or something. Like you can, you wouldn't be able to rest. It's too you know? much. All right. I know we already have a lot on our plate. Yeah. So <laughs> Helen is married to a professor. His name is Trevor. He is teaching a class about urban legends. And I do think that in the late '90s, early 2000s, this is what I thought college was. Totally. Like studying urban legends, where it's like I don't know who's taking that class. It sounds great. <laughs> what major that's a part of? You're not even getting a credit for that. That's, kind a, of that's class. an Amer- that's an American studies class, if I've ever heard one. So she goes in, she sees Trevor, and she's like, you shouldn't have done your the urban uh, legends, um, you know, unit so early because now all the kids that are telling me their stories are all, like, amped about it. So she's talking to her husband, Trevor, and he also meets another student of Trevor's, this woman named Stacy. Mm-hmm. And Helen immediately clocks, like, Stacy's acting weird, and she's like, is there something between you? And Trevor, of course, says, no, there's nothing between us. Like, you're When you're has being a professor ridiculous. ever fucked a student? <laughs> you know, and they don't, they don't say it, but the implication is she's a grad student. She was also his student. You know, they don't right. say that out because they're married now. Right. But you know that's true. He's older, you know. Yeah, that's happened. So she's uh, listening back to the story of Candyman, and there's a custodian who's cleaning up, and the custodian's name is Henrietta Mosley. And she said, oh, Candyman, yeah, he lives at Cabrini Green in the projects. They say he killed a lady. So she's saying, like, not only is Candyman real, he lives in Cabrini Green. Great. So Helen's like, where do you hear this? And she says, oh, for my friend, this other custodian. So they bring in the other custodian. Her name is Kitty Culvern. Kitty's like, well, basically tells us a story. This is a woman named Ruthie Jean lived in the Cabrini Green. She's taking a bath and she hears somebody tearing through the wall of her apartment. Oh my God. <laughs> she calls 911 over and over again. 911 doesn't care. They don't believe her. You know, they think that she's a drug addict or, you know, they are rejecting Ruthie's story about what's happening. Right. By the time the police come, she had been murdered. And both, you know, Kitty and Henri- Henrietta are like, it was Candyman. Like it was this supernatural person who was able to go through walls and they killed her. Helen, meanwhile, is is hearing, oh, this is very interesting sort of new phenomenon where, you know, probably this horrible murder happens. And because it's unsolved and because the police don't care, they're attributing it to this sort of supernatural entity as a way to understand, okay. like, how yes. could something this horrible happened? 
And and that's her sort of theory about urban legends. Yeah. It's like, how do you explain things that are wrong and and unjust and horrible? You have to attribute it to something that's not human because yes, to, just, to yes. yeah to deal you with that is some narrative that like well this is obviously what happened because like I need to be able to sleep at night knowing that like murders don't just like happen and people move on from them without like solving anything exactly. So Helen starts to dig into this this case, which was never solved. You know, Ruthie Jean was murdered and no one was ever arrested. And again, it seems like the police kind of were like, not, not our sure. business. Yeah. You know, and Cabrini Green is sort of painted as like the worst project, like the most dangerous place, a place that even like Bernie, you know, is basically like, we should not go there. But Helen is sort of now committed to going and interviewing people to get information. Again, for a thesis about urban legends, it's so an much. example it's of so much, and you know the whole movie is what we now in twenty twenty to be able to be like we're really centering the experience of a white woman in this yeah. in a way that like <laughs> I guess the the sort of the narrative flip of this is boy she's really going to regret centering herself in this in this story because it's really going to um, blow up in her face. Yes, Helen realizes that her building was built as a part of the project too, but instead of they end up selling it as like super expensive condos. But as a result, the way it was built is like her theory is that Candyman didn't pass through the wall. He was able to get through the bathroom cabinet and she pulls out her bathroom cabinet and pushes in the other one because it's like an abandoned, uh, right. an empty uh, apartment. She's like, there's there's no wall between the bathroom ca- cabinets because this building, like Cabrini Green, was constructed so cheaply. Yes. That it's like he didn't tear through the wall. He pulled out the mirrors and came into her apartment and killed her. But because... You know, nobody knows about this. They're attributing it to a supernatural. Yes. Yeah. And Bernie's like, okay, great. This is a real murder. Like, I don't want to, like, we we document sort of legends and fairy tales. This woman was murdered. Like, I don't want to get involved in this. I don't want to have to go to Cabrini Green. I'm just like, we are now involving ourselves in something where it's like, this is real life. And even if it's not supernatural, a woman died, you know? And Helen's like, I need to have the best thesis about urban legends. I don't care. I will gentrify this urban legend. Um, I will get in there. And sort of to prove to, to Bernadette, sort of like, I don't, I'm not afraid of this. Helen makes her first mistake, which is, of course, she looks into a mirror and she says Candyman five times and conjures him. Candyman, 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 Candyman. Candyman. Five is so many times. I feel like the normal, it's like three is like what you should be. Well, I think it's like five is like, oh, it's intentional. You didn't accidentally say Candyman five times into a mirror. And it has to be into a mirror. But he doesn't show up right away. But she does do it. And then sort of, she sort of feels like a little bit weird. But, you know, we don't see Candyman suddenly show up or whatever. And in the middle of the night, a man leaps onto Helen's bed in the dark. But it's just her husband because he's drunk and he was out all night. With whom? Stacy, probably. We don't Obviously, know. Yeah. But clearly he's stepping out on her and he's yeah. coming home. And he's sort of disconnected from her story. Life. Yeah, so okay. he doesn't know what's going on with her and he doesn't really care. So the next day, Bernadette and Helen go to uh, Cabrini Green. And they're going to try to, like, interview people about Ruthie Jean, about the legend of Candyman. So they get there and there's a bunch of guys hanging out. And they're, like, catcalling them. And they're, like, are you police? Are you police? And they're trying to yell up to people in the building. The police are here because they assume these right. two women. It's, like, why else right. would you be here if you weren't the cops? If you don't live here, yeah. So they go up to the apartment where the murder happened. And it's now abandoned. And it's in bad, rough, tough shape. And they're able to get inside. 
and they're taking photos of everything. And to Helen's point, the back of the medicine cabinet is slashed in or like kicked in. Okay. So she's like, see, my hypothesis is correct. Somebody came in here and killed this woman through the hole in the wall. Right. But she goes through the hole into the next apartment and she finds like all these murals, like these beautiful murals. And at one point she crawls through the, the hole into oh, the other apartment. Helen, what are you doing? And it's like she, and we see the reverse where she's crawling out of Candyman's mouth. Like there's a big mural okay. of Candyman. Great. But she attributes it to like, oh, people came back and tagged this and did graffiti and sort of like almost made like a memorial. Sure. And it says sweets for the sweet. But also like sweet is sort of like, People come to Cabrini Green to buy drugs. So it's sort of like, it's right. sort of, the, there's different layers to what's going on, which of course, Helen is, you know, creaming her jeans over that yeah, she gets like, to there's like, there's so much symbolism. Exactly. She also finds a bunch of can- handy with razor blades in it. Oh. And, uh, which again is another urban legend. Yes. And she cuts her finger. And I'm like, you go to the hospital immediately. If what you find you candy doing? with razor blades and you cut yourself, you have tetanus. You have yes, to get a shot. 100%. That's and, the least yeah. of your worries. And she's taking a bunch of photos. She takes a photo like in the bath, other bathroom mirror, and then and then she runs out of film. And she tells Bernadette, "I, you know, I, I we got to go get film." And Bernadette's like, "We are leaving. We are not coming back here." Ugh, yeah, like, I, you were pretending you gotta go like, by film, like girl. Like, yeah, she's like, "I'm not. I don't. We're not doing this anymore. This is. We are now. We're breaking and entering. You know what I mean? All this stuff." Yeah. And as they're um, going to leave, they meet Anne Marie, a resident who lives like on that same hallway. Okay. And her big Rottweiler, who's very nice. And Anne-Marie's like, what are you cops? Like, what are you doing? Like, you're breaking into this apartment. And so she invites them in, which is very nice of her. And they tell her, you know, we work for the college and we're doing this thing about Ruthie Jean and we want to talk about Candyman. Of course, Anne-Marie knows all about Candyman and she's like, I'm also terrified of that. Like, if he can come through walls, I don't, you know, like, what are we supposed to do? Yeah. We're we're very vulnerable. And her thing is like, well, I was shocked to see because the only time white people come here is to like, essentially cause problems for us and like depict us like we're all drug addicts and like, you know, like, I'm of course to see you here makes me feel like when you write this thesis, it's going to be about how like everyone here is horrible. And Helen's like, no, no, no. It's really about Candyman. Yeah, she's I like, mean, some of you are horrible because I'm a white lady looking at this from a perspective that you, like, exactly. it's not yours. So. And um, so, and she also meets uh, Anne-Marie's baby, Anthony, who is the fattest, cutest baby in the world. Oh, love a fat and, baby. And, you know, and Anne-Marie's just like, I'm just trying to, like, raise my child and, like, live a life. Like, the Candyman thing is terrifying to me, but, like, th- what do we do? There's something right. we could do about it. We right. are powerless. Um, and, 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 of course, Helen's like, oh, you know, write it all right. down. <laughs> So that night, Helen and Bernadette are having dinner. And it's like this lush, like the contrast of like being in the projects and (coughs) being in this abandoned apartment. And they cut to in this, like they're all like drinking wine and brandy and smoking cigarettes at the table at a nice restaurant. I mean, 1992 was a different time. I mean, I'm glad we we moved away from cigarettes, but boy, does it look good. Yeah, it's so elegant looking. (laughs) And it's like they're like lush. Everyone's wearing like a cashmere sweater. And they're talking to the head of the department who's like this really overbearing, pompous professor named Purcell. And he's like, Helen, you have to send me your notes so I can check them and tell you if you're doing any good. And Helen's like, well, we're going to bury you. We've got the best new urban legend. You don't even know it. And he goes, oh, is it about Candyman? Because I wrote a paper about it 10 years ago. <laughs> and Helen, of course, is like, what is it about Candyman? So then Purcell, as like, I guess the head of the urban legend department is what we're supposed to think. Oh, yeah, of course. That super important graduate program. Right, like the the job that only exists in horror movies, basically. Like it, it honestly is the only thing less useful than my master's in media studies. I mean, I have a degree, a degree in English and gender studies, so who am I to say? I don't know. Might as well. 
<laughs> Live your life. So uh, Purcell tells us the legend of Candyman. Here's the legend. It first appeared in, in um, 1890. Candyman, he's not given a human name in this movie, at least. So Candyman was the son of a slave, and his father had, after the end of slavery, he became rich because he invented a device for the mass producing of shoes after the Civil War. So Candyman was like, he went to the best schools, he became an artist, he was like a very well-regarded socialite in a time where like being a cultured, wealthy black person was, you know, sort of the new, the beginning of the new um, economy. Yes. And so he gets hired to paint the daughter of a wealthy white landowner of okay. his daughter. Of course, he and the daughter fall in love, and she ends up pregnant. So the father essentially hires some man or a mob to murder Candyman. Right. For having this romance with his daughter. Of course, yes. This all tracks with America. And this is in Chicago. So this is, this is right. taking place, you know, essentially in Cabrini-Green. And so they... If they kill him in this terrible way, they saw off his hand with a rusty blade, and which is why when now in the legend the he has a hook because his hand was sawn off. And nobody came to his aid. So nobody, black, white, otherwise, came to help him. He was alone in his misery. Okay. And then here we go. That was just the beginning of his ordeal. Nearby was an apiary, dozens of hives filled with angry bees. They smashed the hives and stole the honeycomb and smeared it all over his prone, naked body. Candyman was stung to death by the bees. Oh, my God. They burned his body on a giant pyre and then scattered his ashes over Cabrini Green. That's so violent. At this point, you're like, well, I guess I am a little sympathetic to Candyman. 100% I am. Because that is, you know, horrible. You know, so I feel like they tell you that early so you do have a measure of, like, complicated emotion about Candyman. It's like, yeah, that... To have something that horrible happen that, like, it transcends, like, reality and space and time that you are now getting revenge on the world kind of makes sense. Like, it doesn't, yeah. you know, yeah. it gives some I can't context. hate that as just a pure villain. Like, right. to me, that's a complicated character. Exactly. He's not just, like, Freddy Krueger. Right. You know, like, you are, like— I want to kill children. It's like, actually, there's a little bit more going on here. Right, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, that's it. I have no other backstory except for I want to murder kids. <laughs> Murderous nightmare. <laughs> So Helen goes back to talk to interview Anne Marie about like her feelings about Candyman and like what she's heard about the legend. But Mar- uh, Anne Marie is out, and so Helen ends up talking to this little kid named Jake. And Jake's like, "Oh, actually, I know. I've also heard of Candyman. If you want to come with me, I know where someone else was attacked by Candyman. And uh, he, I know where the Candyman is right now. He's in that public restroom. It's a men's public restroom. Ugh, already it's, no thanks. And and Jake says tells a story, and basically there's a mentally disabled boy. They do not use the words mentally disabled. Of course they don't. It was 1992. Exactly. So a mentally disabled boy goes into the public restroom. His mom's across the street at a store, like um, buying groceries, and everyone in in the block hears screaming. And it, you see a flashback in the way that people address it. I think it's supposed to be like the 70s. And so you know, a man rushes into the bathroom to find this boy. And Candyman has not killed the boy. He has instead castrated him. Oh, God. And the man who ran in was so horrified that his hair turned white, like immediately. And that's when you're like, okay, Candyman, you had me for a minute, but you can't be out here castrating kids like this. No, no. Like, it's just like, okay, well, you, we gave you that's, a little goodwill with your, with like, or we're sympathetic to your horrible story, but why you got to do that, Candyman? You can't do that. That's exactly. inexcusable. Um, and also, while she's with Jake, there's a big pile of, like in the um, courtyard, there's a big pile of broken wood and furniture. And she said, what's that? And he said, oh, it's for the party. 
And I liked it. It's for the bonfire for the party. And what I like about that is, like, they don't explain what the party is. You're just like, oh, yeah, sure, a party. Yeah, sure, why not? So you have this sort of big bonfire that's set up. So Helen decides, I'm going to go into the men's room and take photos and sort of to document this other story of Candyman. And so she goes in, and it is so disgusting that I mean, this part is, like, almost hard to watch. I was, like, gagging watching it because— uh, so it's already just disgusting— you know, full horror movie bathroom. But then written on the wall in shit, it says sweets to the sweet, right? Ugh, and not God. just like a little shit, like a smear, like full, like just like multiple people's worth of shit. Ugh, like this is not like gross. a human amount of shit. Yuck. But again, that's the same thing that was written on the wall in right. in the Cabrini Graham apartment. So she's taking photos of it. And of course she's gagging. So that hearing her gag, I'm like, I've, yeah. So she goes into the last stall and there's a arrow in shit. <laughs> Pointing down to the toilet. And so she decides to open the toilet. I just don't understand. Well, yes, we've had sympathy for Candyman. I also have no sympathy for her. Because <laughs> I'm like, girl, you're making choices. Like, right, yeah. You could be not in that bathroom and then not following the shit directions. Yeah, and I think that's supposed to be like her friend, like her colleague Bernadette. She's the one who's like, absolutely nope, not. I'm out. This is real. Like, that's really shit. Like, yeah. even if like the legend is interesting, I'm not going to. And so she, so Helen goes in. And we see the arrow in shit pointed to the toilet. She opens the toilet lid. Allison, tell me what's in the toilet. I mean, it's, I gotta believe it's uh, that kid's balls. It's bees! Bees? The toilet's filled with bees, Allison. <gasps> I guess that's worse than my guess. <laughs> so, yeah, so obviously she's pretty freaked out by this. And she goes to leave, and a man in a leather duster, sort of like the, the, yes. the figure we've seen of Candyman, enters and then like three or four of his associates and he says i hear you're looking for candy man bitch <laughs> and then he punches her in the face with the hook and knocks her out and so cut to we see helen has you know she's seeing a she's at the police and she's seeing a lineup of men and they're each saying i hear you're looking for candy man bitch until she finally hears the last one and it was the man who assaulted her uh-huh. and uh jake is also there waiting for the police to release them and essentially what helen has determined is that, and what the detective has determined is that this guy is uh, like a gang leader who's using the premise of Candyman to terrorize everybody. Yes. So when people say, oh, Candyman, they're referring to him. Right. You know, and he's sort of leveraging this pre-existing legend to gain power and, and control people. So the detective's like, we think he killed Ruth, this guy killed Ruthie Jean and attacked that kid in that room. But the, we haven't been able to um, prosecute him because nobody at Cabrini Green can testify against him. Right. Because they know we can't protect them. And he says that, like, they're right, right. to think that, that they that would not be safe. we can't do anything. We right. can't. And so that's another thing where I think we're talking about, like, Candyman, where it's, like, feeling like, oh, we can't go to the police because they can't protect us. That's a, literally true for a lot of people. Yes, absolutely. So it's, like, Candyman is supernatural, a supernatural natural version of that, but that reality exists for a lot of people. So it's easy to see, well, well— if that's true, then also, could it also be true that this person can walk through walls or, you know? Right. It, it has some sort of supernatural element. But Helen feels like, well, I wrapped it all up. I helped them solve Ruthie Jean's murder, kind of. Like, this is about me, and I did a great job. Right. And she gets written up, like, her assault is written up. And so Bernadette's like, honestly, we could probably leverage this to get published. Like, if it's like, oh, our right. boots on the ground trying to figure out urban legend. So Helen's like, right. you know, great. 
Yeah, she's been out in the field. Right. She's she's out there. She's proving that Purcell wrong, that she's like the best urban yeah. legends professor or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> and so she gets home and, you know, Bernadette's like, oh my God. And at least Helen calls out to Bernadette, like two black people were murdered and the police do nothing. And a white woman gets assaulted and they lock Cabrini Green down to right. arrest this guy. And you're like, yeah, but as far as Helen's, you know, she's like, all right, great. We're wrapped it up or whatever. So Helen leaves, is leaving her office. And Bernadette's going to come over the next day to work on this on the um, thesis. And as Helen is getting into her car, she hears a very rich, sonorous man's voice saying her name. Aww. And she turns around and is a stately black man in a full-length fur coat. He's serving. Like, he looks incredible. Yeah. <laughs> like, his shoes, the, the cut of his pants. Like, he looks yeah. great. Yeah, that image is in the trailer. And it's, you know, yeah. scary, but also just like, you know— very impressive and great. Yeah, and again, it's like you could make, he's not like just, he could just look like a Freddy Krueger. Like he could just be disgusting because right. we've already like seen stately these. stately and gorgeous. And- yeah, and he is sort of like a lot of Clive Barker stories. It's supposed to be disgusting and scary, but also it is seductive and like he has more of a compelling presence than I yes. feel like if you didn't have that part. And he says to Helen, be my victim. And he he kind of has a little monologue, and he says to her, like, you are convincing people that I don't exist, so in order to prove that I do exist, I have to kill. By trying right. to explain away my myth. His logic is not wrong. There's something there where it's like, I guess if you're a supernatural killer that transcends time, you have to show up. He's a legend, and that's how he lives. Like, he doesn't— right. He he He's not a human, so in order to, to live as as he can, he the legend has to continue— so right. he tells her, now I must shed innocent blood. Cut to Helen waking up in a pool of blood in Anne Marie's bathroom. Oh my God. Covered in blood. She's not injured. She's soaked in blood. And she hears Anne Marie screaming, Anthony, Anthony, her baby's name. <gasps> Helen gets no. up, opens the door, and she sees the decapitated head of Anne Marie's dog, the Rottweiler, oh, in a God. pool of blood and a knife. And so Helen inexplicably pick up, picks up the knife. Girl. Which is like a cleaver. And so she opens the door and she could hear Anne Marie screaming. And she opens the door and it's the baby's room. There is blood everywhere, like sprayed on the walls, but the baby's not there. So the baby is gone. But of course, okay. Anne Marie rightfully thinks that her baby's been killed, her dog's been killed. Yeah. Why would you not think? And so Anne Marie attacks Helen to be like, Where is my son? What have you done with him? And Helen cuts her inadvertently, but she does cut her with the cleaver. Just then the police burst in. Oh, my God. And they, now the police are— And yeah. they arrest Helen. Understandably. And I would say, Allison, at this point, what would you do? I mean— You have woken up in a pool of blood that is not your own. I would demand, like, that I get uh, a full, like— t- like, are there drugs in my system? Like, do right. I have any blunt force trauma? Like, extricate myself from being, like, obviously guilty person here. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look good. I will no, say that. It's a bad, bad look. And I feel like they, she doesn't, she really resists like, well, it couldn't have been me. It's like, well, you got to come up with some other explanation then. Like you yeah. have to be offering some stuff that isn't just, you know, again, it's supernatural. Does she tell them about her Candyman interaction in the parking lot? Not exactly, but because I think she's smart enough to know like how crazy that sounds. But yes, yeah, so she does eventually sort of be like, it wasn't me. It was this other killer. Yes. And they're like, well, but he wasn't there and, you know, so we do sort of get into it eventually, but no one believes her because there really is no evidence of it. It's true. So Helen, you know, is arrested. She's booked. 
there's this really well done scary scene where she's like taking off her clothes, which are soaked in blood. And she's being like, can I call whatever? I need to talk to a detective. And the female cop is just stone faced being like, take off your clothes and put them in the bag. Like, you know, like this, it's, it's both scary and really well done in terms of like, this is a completely out of Helen's control. Like she is, there's nothing she could do in this situation. Which is a very scary, like, to have zero control over that scenario is yeah a nightmare. And so eventually she does see the the detective who was uh, handling her assault case, Detective Valento. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Helen, you're under arrest. How do you explain this? And she's like, um, I think, like, Candyman possessed me or something. Like, there's nothing <laughs> she could say, you know. But I guess because, you know, she's a white woman and they could, you know, afford, you know, bail or whatever. She is able to get out. But she calls Tre- Trevor at three in the morning, whenever she's arrested, he's not home. So Trevor's out and about, okay? Presumably okay. with Stacy. And while she is still waiting in jail to get out, to have him come get her, okay, she has a vision of Anthony the baby with Candyman. So she understands on some level that Anthony the baby is alive. Okay. And Trevor comes to get her, and Trevor's like, well, I mean, at least they didn't say her name on the news. And she's able to go home. So she's at home, but she's going to be charged with murder. And they get a lawyer. The lawyer says, the only reason you have not been charged is because they're looking for the body of the baby and because they're going to try to charge you with murder one. And I'm going to tell you right now, if they do, that that's what will happen. So we need to figure out, like, do you have any memory? And she has no memory of what happened between when she saw Candyman and woke up in um, Anne-Marie's bathroom. So, you know, so they're sort of like, Helen, you got to give us something, you know? Yeah. And... Meanwhile, she's back at her apartment and she's looking through uh, photos of when they first visited Ruthie Jean's apartment and she sees a reflection of Candyman in the mirror. So she's like, ooh, okay, ooh. I mean, then this, this, then it was Candyman. You know, like yeah. this wasn't just like, oh, some guy and I passed out and I did this. Yeah. Like this is some supernatural thing. This exists that yeah. I, and I have evidence. Also, you see her boobs. She's taking a bath, and suddenly, like, you see boobs. And I was like, wow, I did not think this this would be the kind of movie. I guess, again, it was 1992, where you just casually had boobs in a movie. I believe it. And, you know, you just don't see that in horror movies anymore. Right. Like, in a way that's not, it's not even sexual. It's just sort of like, well, we, we could put boobs in this, so we will. Right. We're gonna. I don't know. That was kind of interesting. That is interesting. Um, so, so Trevor's like, I have to go back to my office to get some work. She's he's obviously going to beg Stacy. Yeah. He leaves his wife, who is at best case scenario had a psychotic break and murdered a dog. Right, right. that is best case scenario. <laughs> best case. You're gonna leave her alone when she's also like convinced that like this supernatural entity is like hounding her or whatever. Yeah. So she goes to the bathroom and she's gonna. I think she's gonna say Candyman again. No need. He punches through the mirror with his hook. Before she says anything? Before she says anything. And he's chasing her through the um Like, apartment. follow your own rules, man. Like, And he says, I have the child. Allow me to take you or he will die in your place. Your disbelief destroyed the faith of my congregation. Without them, I am nothing. And now I must kill you. Come with me. And be immortal. And that, I think we're supposed to think because Helen is this, like, you know, archivist and studier of urban yeah. legends, like, that's something that might be potentially compelling. Unfortunately, <laughs> while this is happening, Bernadette stops by because she's a very good friend yeah. with flowers. Good for her. And Helen is trying to yell, like, weakly through the door, like, don't come in, don't come in. Meanwhile, Trevor, who does come back after 20 minutes, so, you know, he's not, he, he, he you know, maybe he was just picking up papers. 
Trevor walks in to find Helen, again, covered in blood, holding a knife, and Bernadette is dead. So Bernadette (gasps) has been killed by Candyman. But again, it looks bad. That looks bad. bad. And now Trevor is like, oh, if if I doubted it before, I was gone 20 minutes and she murdered somebody while I was gone. Yeah. So, you know, She's a murderer. He's trying to do the right thing. So he, you know, he's in his mind thinking she needs help. She needs to be hospitalized. Like she, she's had some sort of like psychotic or mental break. Like, yeah, because this is unlike her. So eventually, <laughs> they, you know, she doesn't, she usually doesn't decapitate dogs and murder yeah, her best friend. Yeah, or like friend. kill her best friend. So she gets arrested and she's taken in. And now Helen, like people believe that she has killed, uh, now at least c- killed Bernadette, you know. And they think that she has, she knows where Anthony's body is, the baby. And she's just not telling them. Meanwhile, Candyman is, like, visiting her in the mental institution. Great. And at a certain point, she's strapped to a bed. She's screaming right around. And Candyman is, like, floating, facing her. Great. And he asks, Great. He asks her for one exquisite kiss. Ugh. And uh, he has a lot of excellent lines. I wrote it down. If you would just learn a little from me, you would not beg to live. Oh. And sort of the idea of, like, if you, if you go with Candyman, you, too, will become a legend and also, you don't really have much of an option anymore. Like, he's slowly oh, yeah. taking away your life. Yes. Maybe she would get a beautiful full-length fur. I mean, you know. Exactly. Weigh your options. And so they bring in um, Helen to go see Dr. Burke for an assessment. And he shows her video of, of her talking to Candyman in her um, cell, I guess. Yeah. And, of course, there's nothing there. She's just screaming right. and talking to the air. And she's like, I don't understand how this is possible. It turns out she's been there a month and she's just been really heavily medicated. And she's, like, lost time. And she's getting charged with the first-degree murder of Bernadette. Like, she's getting charged. Right. And Helen says, you know, there's no part of me that's capable of that. Like, I could not do that. Which I think we're supposed to think is, like, okay, but, like, we all could. Right. We all—if something happened, like, if something happened to you, like, happened to Candyman, you, too, could become this— Violent. Violent and evil. So for her to say, I couldn't have done it, Dr. Burke's like, okay, but, well, you did, so I don't need to tell you. (laughs) And Helen says, I can conjure him right now, and I'll show you. And Dr. Burke's like, okay. So he shows her a mirror and she says, came in five times. And he does not appear until Dr. Burke has a hook explode through his chest. What? Candyman has punched through his chest from behind. Blood sprays everywhere. This movie is so heavy on blood spray. Blood I guess. spray and hook punches are pretty much the key <laughs> to this movie. And so he also undoes Helen's restraints. So it looks like she got out and did it, you know? And then right. there's a great effect where Candyman is like, and it's, you could tell it's a practical effect because the actor, I don't know if it's Tony Todd himself or if it's a um, stunt person, right. but they suddenly put their arms close to their chest and then they are yanked backwards through the window. So the window explodes and they fly away to the sky. It's very cool. But it's also <laughs> clearly the person doing it's like, <gasps> you know, like having to be like pulled by like a crane or I don't even know. So Helen escapes and Helen is like, if I can find Anthony the baby, maybe I can redeem myself or or prove that I did not do this or something. Like she still thinks that she's getting out of this, right? No. And so she's able to sneak on the ledge to another um, room, punch out a nurse, steal the nurse's clothes. Great. And then, and keys. And then she runs out. It's also very cold, which I also love a horror movie that's not set in the summer. Yes. Which I understand it's harder to shoot in the winter, but like, you know, it's very, it's, all, you just feel yeah. it when she's outside and it's cold and everyone has yeah, coats on. Yeah, you can on. see the breath and everybody's like miserable yeah. and it's grayer and yeah. And so she runs home because she's like, well, that's the only place I, and so it's been a month or whatever. She runs in. Not only does Trevor have Stacy mo- ha- already moved in Obviously. with him. They are painting that whole beautiful apartment 
pink, like Pepto-Bismol pink. Oh, God. And so Helen says, I hate this color. And she's like sort of holding court. And I think this is supposed to be like, this is a parallel to like, we see her being like, fuck you, fuck this. I've been a completely abandoned. Trevor, even you. In Trevor's defense, he did think his wife had, had gone completely insane and murdered at least one or two people. Yes. So, you know, but also I think we're to think he was already sleeping with Stacy right. prior to it. And so now she runs out. She throws pain around, which is great. And then she, that's it. Helen has nothing. And she, we, she hears Candyman's voice in her head and she says, all you have left is my desire for you. So Helen returns to the vacant apartment that Ruthie Jean was murdered in because mm-hmm. to potentially try to find Anthony, the baby. Yeah. So my question to you, Allison, is who is going to survive? I think Helen's going to die. Okay. I think, and that's that's fun. You know, we don't see the lead die often. I hope that's what happens. Mm-hmm. I want her to go with him. <laughs> like, I think Trevor or Stacy are going to die. Ideally, both, just because, like, fuck them. Okay, what about um, Anne-Marie or her baby Anthony? I want Anthony to be alive, so he survives. Mm-hmm. And Anne-Marie survives. And then how about Jake, who's the kid who told her about the the mutilation in the men's room? Oh, I don't know. He might die. Okay. <laughs> the fact then, that you brought him up makes me think that something <laughs> happens with him. And then do you want to take a guess at, like, the twist or what's going to happen at the end? What's, what are, what is going to, what's going to happen? I hope that, you know, they find Anthony, but, like, Candyman has already killed Virginia Madsen. Great. Helen. Okay. <laughs> Helen. Great. Okay. All right. That's my that's my guess is like that it works out like at least the baby's alive, but like it's too late for her. People think the new fresh fragrances from Glade are fresher than fresh, like artist Priscilla. This smells like houses in the Hampton Champagne Toast down in Brazil. Smells like anything you think could happen probably will. Explore the new Glade Fresh collection today. All right, people, we all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com and this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. So Helen finds her way back to Cabrini Green and she finds a hook. She finds a mural of Candyman's you know, disfigurement and murder. Yeah. And then she finds Candyman himself asleep. And there's also something scary about the idea of, like, he's a, he needs to sleep. Right, right. I'm like, is he supernatural? If I still have to sleep, it, like, when I'm dead, I'm going to be so annoyed. And he's also sleeping in a full fur coat and suit, which is also really fun. <laughs> that is it's fun. like he doesn't get to wear pajamas. He has to wear whatever he was wearing at the, when he died. And Candyman, of course, wakes up and says to her, if you surrender to me now and the baby will be unharmed, and, you know, he sort of scoops up Helen in this, like, 
you know, it's like sort of like a parody of like a, you know, like a a gothic romance or something. And he sweeps her up and he he lays her out on the sort of altar and he tells her like, the pain I can assure you will be exquisite of your death. Like there's nothing to fear. Like we are going to live on. Like if people believe in this legend, we will live in this sort of like liminal state where it's like pure pleasure and pain, which is very Clive Barker, you know, like we will still come with me and be immortal basically. Okay. And Helen's like, yeah, okay. And so basically Helen says, I'm going to do it. However, <laughs> that's it doesn't mean just like you're, you know, now you're fine. You live with Candyman. You have like, you know, a four bedroom or whatever. So Candyman. <laughs> well, he doesn't even have a four bedroom. <laughs> no, he lives, he lives in this, in Ruthie Jean's abandoned apartment is what we're to right. believe. And so he, he opens his coat and he has like an open raw rib cage and he leans over to kiss Helen and Allison, what's in his mouth? Bees. It's bees. Oh, oh they're bees. flying out of his torso. They're flying out of his mouth. They're flying all over her face. You know, so Ugh. Helen's like screaming and writhing around. Like, it's not like it's right, like. Because she asked, like, is he trying to kill her the way he was killed? I think it's sort of like in order to become a legend like he has become, you have to withstand horrible. Like, yes. Everything that's happening to her is. Well, like, that's what the legend is. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. So it's like you have to, like, you will become a legend, but you will have to experience, like, you will lose everything which she already has, and you will experience terrible pain. So it's almost like the pain of his death is is part of what enabled this. So it's like she will have to, like, have a bunch of Endure. bees yeah. go on his her mouth, like, oh, you know. Oh, God. And also we see in these uh, murals, like, the image of his lover, you know, from life, the white mm-hmm. woman, looks exactly like her. And he tells her, it was I always see. you, Helen. So it's like, this was fate. Like, I... Uh, We've chased each other through all of time. Like, you were meant to be a part of the legend yes. with me, but you weren't, and now you can be. Which, again, is is compelling until you have to kiss someone with a mouthful of bees. Right, and that's not great. Exactly. <laughs> so, but then suddenly Helen wakes up. She's alive. Candyman is gone. And we're sort of like, oh, did, did is Candyman going back on his um, promise because he actually does want, he'd rather take Anthony. He'll take Anthony as a son or he'll do whatever he wants or we don't know what right. his plans are with the baby. But he leaves Helen and is is going to take the baby's life instead of hers. We're not sure. Okay. So, but she hears the baby crying and she realizes Candyman has put him inside that big pyre of broken wood outside. Oh, no. Because Before that's the how— party? For the party, for the bonfire of the party. Because that's how Candyman, his body was burned in a pyre. Right. So he has put the baby there. I guess like it's sort of be like a sacrifice or like the ultimate pain that's going to like enable his legend to live on. Is like, if that actually does a happen, everyone will talk about it. He, everyone will know that he did this and he'll yes. live on for another generation or however long. Yeah. And so Helen's like, oh no, I got to go in that, that thing and I got to find that baby. So she goes in and... When she's in there, Jake, the kid, sees he he sees her, but he he thinks it's Candyman going in to put the baby in there. So he tells everyone Candyman is in that pile of <gasps> in the pyre. So we have to burn it down. So oh, everyone no. rushes outside, being like, if if we kill Candyman, maybe this will stop. Yes. And Candyman is to their understanding in there. Right. And to be fair, he does show up. So Helen finds Anthony the baby. He's fine, and she's trying to take him out. But then Candyman is there, and he's basically like grabbing her and telling her like. You know, she's screaming. No one could hear her because there's right. like, it, now there's flames, you know. So the whole thing oh is God. going up. And he's saying like, Helen, this we have to do it this way. Like we have, to, this is how we die. And Helen says no. And she has to save the baby. So she rejects his offer. 
Okay. But with the idea that she's still going to die. Like, she's still, uh, her life is now horrible. But she wants to save the baby. But it, yeah, it's worth, it's worth giving up the trade-off if this, <laughs> right. if she could save the child. Like, her life might be shot, but, like, it's not fair for this baby to, like, to die. be a part of this legend. Yes. So she is able to crawl. And it's a horrible scene. And I, I, like, they do, whoever shot the stunt people who shot this, they did a phenomenal job. She's crawling through broken, flaming wood. And the oh and Candyman is, like, screaming and writhing and, like, throwing, like, fire around. Like, come back yeah. to me, you know. And, and when she crawls out of the pyre, her her scalp is all burned up. Like, her hair's burned off. You just see her, like, raw skull. Ugh. And Anne-Marie sees that she has a baby and rushes over, and the baby's fine. And even cuter Yeah, than of course. Like, why would the baby be remotely harmed from that experience? And so, but we're not clear, like, like, it's like we see another body in the pyre. So everyone's like, oh, it's Candyman. But it's like, does Candyman have a corporeal body? I don't right. know. So cut to, we are now at Helen's funeral. And the only people who show up are Professor Purcell, which I did think was nice. That is nice of him. Um, Helen's lawyer, Trevor. And then he has the audacity to bring Stacy. You to can't his, bring a date to a funeral. Back especially to your if wife's your dead funeral? ex-wife. Or yeah. They weren't even no. divorced yet. I would That's maybe, true. Uh, yeah, I, no. Can you get like a, a quickie divorce? I don't know if someone, we probably could. But yeah. anywho, you have the audacity to bring Stacy to your, no. your ex-wife's funeral. And so, you know, as they're sitting there, they look and there's a whole crowd of people from Cabrini Green, including Anne-Marie and her baby. And they're coming okay. to pay respects to Helen because they understand that she sacrificed herself to protect the baby from Candyman. Yes. And Jake the kid, he has uh, Candyman's hook. Uh, and he throws it into the grave. So sort of as like a, you you bested him. Like right. you were you, able you to. You deserve this. Yeah. Like, like yeah. even though you died, you did do this noble deed in the end. You sacrifice yourselves. And then we end on Trevor is like very distraught, but Stacy's like, you didn't even like your ex-wife anyways, you know? Like she's trying to make dinner. <laughs> oh, Stacy. And it's like, ugh, get out of the bathroom. And he's in the bathroom, like kind of crying. And then sort of like, he he's in the mirror and he says her name, Helen. And then he says it again. And then he sort of is like, oh, I'm realize what I'm doing. I'm doing the Candyman thing. Right. And so he says her name three more times. Guess what? Helen shows the fuck up. Of course she does. And she says to him, something that this is what she said when she stopped by the pink apartment and like trash the place. Yeah. It says, what's the matter, Trevor? Scared or something? <gasps> she tells him. And then she guts him with a hook. Ooh. And kills him, and Stacy runs to the bathroom and opens it, and Trevor's body is a vis- like disemboweling in the bathtub. And the last shot is of, is of a mural of Helen, and sort of the idea is that like because of like everything that she went through and like her horrible life and death at the end, yes. she is now living on as a legend, much like Candyman did. Okay. So she did get to live on it as an urban legend, which I guess Helen would be happy with. Yeah, I mean, and she would want you know someone to be writing a thesis on her. Right, exactly. And I have to assume the sequel to the movie is entirely somebody writing a thesis about Helen. It has to be. We should cover it at some point. Absolutely. Yeah, I think he, I think in the sequel, Candyman goes to New Orleans, which frankly, I just like that he gets to go places. I like that he gets to travel around. I'm jealous he can travel. I guess it's like Bloody Mary where it's like, if anyone conjures you in a mirror, you get to go to that place. I would want to spread my urban legend through like really wonderful like South Asian or Caribbean or South American resort towns. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, I like the idea that you think that you could like target, like maybe like have pro- brochures printed up before your death. 
Yeah, it's like, I want the real housewives to be, like, on a trip in Dubai, and they're like, Allison, 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 I show up, and I'm like, oh, this is so nice. But then you will have to kill them. Are you okay with that? I'm kind of fine with that with some of them. Yeah, I feel like maybe we could figure out a technology where, like, this is how we travel instead of, like, flying. Yeah. like, figure out a way. We all travel by conjuring. (laughs) Right. I guess we all have to be dead, though, which is, you know, that's a tough I don't know. We can't go anywhere anymore, so— We wanted to lay out what we think might be some fatal mistakes made by the characters in this movie. Fatal mistakes. I mean, going to graduate school is a huge one. Um, But (laughs) yeah, start right at the top. (laughs) Once she shows up at the like apartment at Cabrini Green, I'm like, you've you've overstepped. Like, this is not your world. Like, you should not have done this. Yeah. Once she did that, everything from there was like just one mistake after another. Yeah, and there is something to be said about just not conjuring Candyman to begin with. Yeah. That's the first mistake, is that, like, if you invite him in, he will show up eventually. Yeah. He responds to an invitation. He's RSVPing. You know, and keeping that in mind, what I the thing I wanted to ask ask you to do, Allison, is I want you to look into a mirror and I want you to say Candyman five times. (laughs) I don't want to. Please do it. (laughs) Hallie, if a man in a fur coat shows up in my apartment and kills me, there's blood on your hands. What if a man in a fur coat just shows up and he's like, fine. And it's, I'm like, it's is he like wearing a show. mask? Um, no, no, he looks great. <laughs> okay. He's dressed to the nines. He's probably very hot because it's so hot in, in New York. Yeah. But yeah, I'm going to need you. Do you have a mirror handy? I do. I have a Chanel bronzer. <laughs> oh my God, this is perfect. <laughs> Candyman would love that. He would I mean, love Chanel. He would love like a luxury beauty product. Absolutely. So I'm going to need you to hold it up. Okay. No. And then I'm needing you to say Candyman. Well, I'm going to need you to do it, Allison. Allison, <laughs> <laughs> if Candyman shows up, think of what a, how many people will listen to this episode. I mean, it would probably shoot us right to the top of the charts on iTunes. Um, yes, if the actual Candyman appears, it makes an audio appearance. <laughs> it's like, what a get. Um... Candyman. Yeah, there we go. Candyman. One. Mm-hmm. Candyman. Uh-huh. Candyman. Candyman. Great. Okay. And so we're good. It looks like I hate you. Now, in the movie, <laughs> he does show up. This is like a, probably a couple days later. So I'm legit looking around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he's coming, it's going to be through your bathroom mirror. So I guess maybe. I hate that you made me do that. That's well, so you know, scary. I didn't want to do it because I was afraid he would come to my apartment. So I thought it would be better <laughs> if he came to your apartment. And then, you know what I mean? Um, no, I'm sure you're fine. I'm sure Candyman is really busy. He can't be just making appearances on people's podcasts. Mm. This is great because this opens up a whole world of things that I can force you to do. <laughs> you can't make me do any more stuff. I'm going to be dead. Listen, do you want ratings? Do you want to get Candyman on other podcasts? If not, then, I mean, what are we even doing? I mean, it's true. If we're not conjuring violent legends to be on this podcast, what on earth has it all been for? Um, and then finally, as we do every episode, Allison, I'd like to ask, what would you give Candyman on a scale of one to 10 screams? How would you rate it on our spooky scale? I'm thinking it's like an eight or a nine. Mm-hmm. Because like lack of control is really scary. Yes. Bees, mm-hmm. urban legends, like all of that is very scary. But Absolutely. then also like, because you are trading a little bit in like the supernatural, I can be like, that's not real. Even though I can't sit here and be like, it's not real. Cause I'm still like going to like 100% right. be killed by call someone to be like, oh, check yeah. out my apartment make sure there's no one here. Um, yeah. But like, because it is supernatural, there is a little bit of like, well, I know that that's not like a real, like, is yeah. he dead or alive? Like, what am I looking at here? 
I feel the same way. I'm going to give it a five. I really okay. love Candyman. I think it's a wonderful movie. But I, is it scary? No. I think if I had seen this as a child, this would have really stuck with me, like Poltergeist or, um, you know, The Exorcist. Yeah. But um, it's not scary to say, but boy, it's a lot of fun. And yeah. obviously, when hopefully, knock on wood, it's eventually out, we'll have to do the new Candyman. Yes. And see what the Candyman's been up to. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. And again, you can conjure Candyman anytime you like to your home. Just say Candyman five times in your ba- in a mirror. In the movie, they do in the bathroom, but you don't have to. It's any mirror. Okay. Well, I don't like that you said that, so. Yeah, so, um, but in the meantime, <laughs> before Candyman shows up, just remember to keep it spooky. Keep it spooky. Bye. Bye. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. 